Would you like to keep your Bible open at that passage? We're going to look at it in a bit more detail in a moment. And uh, Heather's now going to bring up the first slide. There we are. Uh, little book uh, plug. J. John. How many people here have not yet heard of J. John? Right, I'll say no more. Uh, a great evangelist. Um, he, the story is told of him on a plane on the, going to the States. He tells the story of sitting next to a businessman. And the businessman said, um, I work for this great corporation, multi-million pound corporation, million dollar corporation, and I do this or that and the other. We do that. What do you do? He said, well, I work for a worldwide organization. He said, really? How many countries do you work in? In about every country in the world. Really, isn't it? Yes, we've got branches everywhere. No. And what sort of things do you do? Well, we do lots of things. Do you? Yes. Well, we do sort of teaching. We do education, health. We do uh, transformation, community development. He looked at him and said, wow. Hey, man. He said, what's the name of your, your PLC, Inc.? He said, it's called the church. Disciples scattered around the world. Well, he has this great way of telling other stories too, and you'll find some of them here. Uh, the home groups are going to be using these. Small groups are using these. You can also get your own if you want to. It's just a sort of, it's a light canter refresher. Isn't that nice? Isn't that what you want? Nothing too heavy, do you? No, that's right. <laughs> so let's do a little light canter. So we're going to look at two questions that J. John uh, raises in the beginning of this. And the two questions are there. What is evangelism and why do we evangelize? As I say, it's merely a refresher. Um, let's just have a little think. For some people, the word evangelism has all kinds of funny associations. They, they wonder about what it means. I don't, have you got a bad feeling about it? It may come from guilt. You haven't done it very well. It may come because you, um, well, you've seen other people pressure people. You think, I don't want to have anything to do with that. It may be to do with... Um, I don't know, do some of you, have you used this argument? Uh, temperamentally, it's not my gift. Do you know that one? It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, uh, it's wonderful for that person over there. They're, they're just so good at going out and talking to people. But me, I make lovely coffee, you know. Been there? Well, I say the good news and the bad news is that the, the noun evangelist, those who are called to the office of evangelist, is only used three times in the whole of the New Testament. So those who are set apart with the gift of evangelism only mentioned three times. But there are stacks of times where all of us are asked to be part of that evangelizing movement, witnesses. So if you came sheltering behind that, I'm awfully sorry. Really. And the third reason that I think people have funny associations with evangelism is simply that it doesn't work. They've tried hard and people don't seem to respond. So it seems to me a refresh is a great way of just coming back to it. And so what I'd like to do is just look at this passage and throw a bit of light onto the, this, the text that J. John's given us. So if we move to the next slide, you'll see we've been offered this passage, Luke 4, 16 to 21. Okay, well, let's look a little more closely. Here we've got Jesus going to the, to the, temp, the synagogue. Verse 17, he sits down, the scroll of the prophet is open. Then the comment, uh, then a bit of it is read, verse 18. And notice... What, how many elements there are in that passage? The Spirit of the Lord is on me, yeah, that's one, because he has anointed me to do something. What are the things the Spirit has anointed the prophet to do? Number one, proclaim good news to the poor. Number two, proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Number three, recovery of sight to the blind. Number four, set the oppressed free. Number five, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Five things here. 
Then he rolls up the scroll, sits down and says, now, ladies and gentlemen, this has been fulfilled today in your presence. Now, I wonder, if we think about what is evangelism, and here we're offered this as a clue, have you noticed how, um, how can I put it, how brief and open-ended this description is? On the next slide, you'll see it. I think that actually, um, it's rather general. What does it mean to proclaim good news to the poor? Which poor? Do you mean literal poor? You know, the people who are here are not doing John's stunt of £20 a week. Are you going to do that each week? I'm thinking of it. All right. Who are the, those who are blind? Do you see, this short passage is, as it were, a very cryptic summary. And it is so easy to read into this what we would like. And if you go through the history of biblical interpretation, you can see masses of versions of what this really means. But actually, Luke, who he and his team put together the gospel, knows that it is brief. And Luke says, let me explain to you what this really is. You see, here in Luke 4, Jesus stands up and says, I'm going to, this is what I've been anointed to do. And then do you see, uh, we won't read it all, if you turn on, Jesus dries up in pure spirit, he heals many, turning over, he calls disciples, he forgives the healed, he calls Levi. You can see the little headings, they do it for you. He questions about fasting, he's Lord of the Sabbath, he calls 12 apostles, there are blessings and woes, judging others, love for enemies, treat for, and so it goes on. Until you get to chapter 7. In chapter 7, Jesus, uh, uh, John the Baptist's disciples turn up, verse 18 of chapter 7. And they come and they say to Jesus, what are you doing? Who are you really the one to come? Verse 20. When they came to Jesus, are you the one who's to come? And at that very time, Jesus, and now look at the list again. Jesus cured many who had diseases, illness and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind. He said, go back and tell John that the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. This is Luke saying, do you remember what you were uncertain about? Let me explain what it is. And all of what this means is simply what has happened between 4 and 7. Luke sets out in a narrative way what this means. You want to know what this means? Just read chapters 4 to 7. It's all there. And then he reminds us by taking it at chapter 7 and saying, there you are. Wrong. Done. And then, to make it even cl clearer, Jesus actually, after he'd healed, do you remember he healed Peter's mother-in-law? And then um, they had that little healing at the, at the, on the, the doors outside at the supper. And then the, Jesus went, and they all retired. The next morning, Jesus got up and went out early to pray, Luke chapter 4. And the crowd came again and said... He, can we have some more healings, please? And they said, Jesus has already moved on. And they went out and found him in the hills praying. And there he said, I must go on. And here it is, Luke 4, 43. If you look there, if you turn to Luke 4, 43, Jesus says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also. I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. The, the word in the Greek is evangelism. That is evangelism. What is it? Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Well, there's our answer. What is evangelism? 
Okay, if that is the case, let us turn on and see. At the end of the Gospel, um, what we've got... Uh, I'm sorry, first we'll just finish this bit. If we want to proclaim that, let's see how Jesus actually does it. So, I think if you, if you read Luke 4-7 to and you summarise it in your own words, this is what you'll come up with. There are three elements there, and the next slide makes it clear. Sorry, thank you, Heather. Yep, and the next one. These are the three things that come through in Luke 47. First of all, Jesus goes around explaining the kingdom of God. Second, he goes around demonstrating the kingdom of God. And third, he goes around inviting people, would you like to enter the kingdom of God? Now, at the end of Luke's gospel, Jesus says, I've done this and I'd like you to do it. Now, the good news and the bad news is this. Jesus actually says, you all do it. There's nobody who's exempt. Can I say, it's really lovely having super real coffee here. Thank you for those who make the coffee. But it is no hiding place. That's something we do as well. Here we are. We explain the kingdom of God. Now, I think many of us are quite good at that. Explaining what the gospel is. Explaining the good news. We can... We can tell stories and, and so on. But Jesus did far more. Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God. Evangelism is demonstrating. How do you demonstrate it? Well, people were healed. I mean, some were raised from the dead. People who had, who had sin weighing on them were forgiven. If you look through Luke 4-7, there's lots and lots of action. And, and it strikes me that sometimes that we in the West here, that's thee and me, that we have been subverted by our culture. Because the pressure of secularism says faith is no longer a public affair. It is something that is private. It is something, if you want to believe that, you may. But actually, in the public arena, it is just nonsense. We don't have any time for it. And as a result of that, the church passing through the Enlightenment, looked at all these demonstrations of power, what in Acts are called signs and wonders, and said, actually, um, I don't know how these work. We don't know how to do it. We, we retreated. And so we have lots of words now, but we don't have as many actions. Jesus balanced the word and the deed. And we have lots of words and a few deeds. And it seems to me evangelism is rediscovering that the Lord wants to do things in our midst and it is we who are not really alert to it. Does that make sense? Does that ring bells? Do you know, I, to me, um, I th- well, Leslie Newbigin uh, taught me a bit and I worked with him when I was teaching mission over in Birmingham. And he was a great guy. And I've told this story before, but I think it's bears re- retelling. Leslie Newbigin was a fresh young missionary from uh, Cambridge. He trained well. It's a good place to do theology. Um, so off he went to India. And he went, and they, in this Bible study in a village in India, he was explaining how Jesus cast out a demon. Now, don't remember, don't forget, he'd, he trained, his theological training was in, in the European Western theological tradition. So he went on a great length. He said, well, we understand that in those days they thought like that, but today we think differently. We understand that in those days they thought there were demons. Today we think there are things like psychiatric disorders. Today they, then they thought, and today we do this. Well, after about, I don't know, half an hour or so of this, because the, the poor interpreter was trying to explain all this to the people in the village. 
One of the older Christians, he said, um, can I ask you a question? Yes. Why are you making such heavy weather of this? When somebody comes and they've been possessed by a demon, we just pray in the name of Jesus, go. He goes and we go home for tea. Why are you making such a fuss? And the reason is because our culture has said it doesn't happen. If it does, it's a fraud. It's a trick. It's like that magician who does stuff. No. The gospel is good news. If people are in need and healing is God's answer to that need, he wants to heal. And it is we who have the privilege of saying, you know, God loves you so much, he wants to make a difference now. Really? Yes, now. That was something that John Wimber learned. Now, John Wimber was great because he came from outside the church. He just found that Jesus made a difference and he thought it was great, fantastic. And he used to train people, I would say, sending them out in pairs on the beach. He used to wander up and down the beaches in the States. I mean... I suppose you'd get your tan and stuff. And if they met people and said, Jesus loves you, and he'd love to make a difference in your life, they'd say, yeah, but this, okay, can we pray for you? All right, then. And sometimes they were praying, they were having healings on the beach. It was great. John Wimber used to teach this at Fuller, this course on Acts. And they used to do the teaching, and then at the end they'd say questions. He said, but why is it like that today? And John says, what do you mean, why isn't it like that today? Has God changed? No. Okay. So they started saying, well, let's have a prayer then. There's somebody here, and they prayed for healing. And the, the lecture course in Fuller was overtaken by the healings at the end of the lectures. And some of the lecturers said, this is not what we're here for. We're here to learn the word. And you think, dearie me. Sorry. Uh, just, I think we need to wake up that we've been, we've been socialized. We've been sort of contained. We've been tamed by our culture. The gospel is just good news and anything goes. Fair? Reasonable? Okay. So when you're in the shops and somebody says, oh, I've got a headache or something, and you say, well, may I pray for you? What I normally say to you is, I can pray for you tonight when I say my prayers, or I can pray for you now. What would you like? And sometimes you say, oh, would you pray for me now? I said, I'd love to. Well, you can do the same. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be an embarrassing moment. Give an option which always lets people off without losing face, and people will be grateful. So there we are. So demonstrating the kingdom, and then the invitation to follow. At the end, why don't you join with us? We don't know it all. The great thing about being a Christian is you can say, in fact, the great thing about doing theology is this. Theology is the only subject I know where if, when you answer a question and you say, I don't know, you get 8 out of 10. Tell me another subject that does that. I don't know what. Maths? Definitely not. You see, we're all learners. We don't have to be clever or have studied. We just have to be true to as much as Jesus has showed us. And that's it. And the rest we say, I don't know, I'll go find a friend and I'll, I'll get back to you. And the invitation to follow. Well, that's what evangelism is, I think, in the New Testament. It is the proclaiming of the good news of the kingdom of God, which touches every aspect of our lives. So the second question is, why did Jesus evangelize? So if we move on to the next. Jesus, why do we evangelize? Well, I think this is the good news about Jesus in one. Jesus commissions those who follow him to do so. Why, are we why do you evangelize? Is it because you love people? No. The real reason why we're doing evangelism is because Jesus has said, I'd like you to do it. Good night. There is no discussion. There's no if and but. There's no, well, I don't know. I'm not feeling well, Lord. She's better than me, is it? No, it isn't. 
Jesus looks at us all. Remember at the end of Matthew's Gospel, the 11 disciples met with Jesus after the resurrection. Do you remember that? And they saw him and they fell down and worshipped before him. Yeah? Remember Matthew 28? And then what did Jesus say? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, to whom did he say that? The followers. Now, did he say this? Oh, you're, uh, you're all right. You four, I think, can go out in my name and I won't be embarrassed. Good on you. You three are a bit iffy. On a good day, okay, let's take a risk. Four, three, seven, first. Now, you four, I think you need another three years. I don't think you're quite ready. No, did he say that? No. He said, you ordinary bumbling people, I can use you if you just open yourself to me. That's what he said. There is no exception, and that's the good news. There is no two-tier division in the church. We make it, but it isn't there in Jesus. So, let's say, I'd like to say this. Why do we evangelize? We, the reason why we evangelize, because Jesus asked us to do it, so therefore, we do it because Jesus did it. Jesus, the reasons that move Jesus to evangelize are therefore the reasons that should move us to do the same. So moving on to the next slide, Heather. Why did Jesus evangelize? Five things come out of this little passage of Luke. The first, all of this begins by being led by the Holy Spirit. In Mark's gospel, Mark is a bit more, um, how can I put it, direct. Mark doesn't say the Holy Spirit led Jesus. Mark says the Holy Spirit pushed Jesus. We do this because the Holy Spirit says, this is what I'd like you to do. This is what Jesus was. This moved Jesus into his ministry of proclaiming the good news. And it's the same with us. It's done in the power of the Spirit. Going to that passage in Luke. Look at the beginning. Luke 4. Luke 4, 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan. Luke 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Evangelism begins with the Holy Spirit taking on an authority in our lives and a power. And then second, the next slide shows us, as Jesus explained here, he did it because his father desired him to do it. The prophet Isaiah, who's been quoted here, was the authority. Jesus knew scripture, and he knew that God's purposes had always been that. Even back in Genesis 12, God had purposed good for people. And so the second reason why he did it was because that's what the Father wanted. The Spirit wanted him to do it. The Father wanted him to do it. The third reason why he does it? He has a heart for people. He sees them in their need. When the 12 had been out doing their mission tour, their practice, when they went out, and I think it was Austin, wasn't it? You, you raised a question. Somebody raised a question. Was it two by two? Do you remember? Who was it? When we did in the Lent course. It was a very good question. They said, well, because uh, it doesn't say they went out two by two there. That's why. So well read. When Jesus sent them out, these, these disciples went out in pairs. It does say elsewhere they went in pairs. And they ministered and they came out to Jesus to tell him all about what they'd done. And, they, and Jesus looked at them and said, right, let's go away somewhere quietly and privately and let us then debrief together. Lovely, Lord, they said. You won't believe what's happened. And Jesus said, won't I? Lord, you wouldn't. Really, says Jesus? I think I will. 
So they got in the boat and they went round the headland to a quiet little cove. Except that local people knew the country and they said, we know where they're going. And they went over the top of the headland and filtered the way down on the beach. And as they came round the headland, this quiet little cove was filling with people. Do you remember that? And it says here, if you just look here, Luke chapter 9. Verse 10, when the apostles returned, they reported 9, t- verse 10, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they'd done. He took them with him. They withdrew to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowd learned about it and followed him. And look at Jesus. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Jesus welcomed them. Jesus wants to bless And then fourthly, on the next slide, Jesus is really keen that his ministry would show us, just like John was saying a moment ago, what God is really like, what the Father is really like, and what the future, what God's kingdom looks like. A lot of growing up as a Christian is actually deconstructing some of the images we've accumulated in our minds and replacing them with more biblical images. And I think it is just amazing the way Jesus does that. Jesus wants you to know what God is like. As John was saying just now, he's a God who loves you enormously and hugely. He comes to you. And Jesus wanted to get that across because Jews had this idea of a strict God. Rowan Atkinson used to do a, 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 a skit with um, a headmaster taking a roll call in a public school. Have you heard it? Okay, and what he's trying to say is a lot of people think this is what God's like. And this headmaster, I can't quite do his voice, but he goes like this. He said, uh, Snodgrass, tick. Smith, stop picking your nose. See me afterwards. And he goes through like this. And 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 then he says, that's what a lot of people think God is like. Jesus says, whatever the pictures you've accumulated in your mind, we need to, as it were, check them out. And when you've checked them out, replace them with the images which scripture gives to us. And the best bit of Luke in my book is the story of the prodigal son. Because Jesus says, that's what God's really like. And people say, no, he isn't. (laughs) But he is. Luke chapter 15. So Jesus wanted to correct our understanding. And that's when uh, we see, isn't it great to have a God like that? And then, now this one, I only came to in preparing this. I hadn't quite appreciated this, but see what you reckon of this. This is the fifth reason why Jesus evangelizes. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you? You've got good news. People are cheered up when you do it. Oh, sorry, some of you. Okay, right. (laughs) That clearly doesn't move us all. Well, there you go. (laughs) Jesus enjoyed doing it. When in Luke 10, the 70 went out, they came back. They were full of joy at what they'd see happen when they went out evangelizing. And so was Jesus. You can look at it, Luke 10, just very quickly. That's a good thing about having your Bible open. Okay. So they, they come back. And then at that time, full of joy. Jesus himself was full of joy through the Holy Spirit, 10.21. Jesus enjoyed evangelizing. Is that what you do? 
Well, you're the kind of, do, do you sort of get all stressed when you have to evangelise or something? Do you get, oh dear, what will words be? And all that sort of stuff. Well, that's why Jesus evangelised. And I suggest these five reasons are the ones why we should do it too. Because the Holy Spirit has led us. Because the Father has desired this. Because just like Jesus, he has a heart for these people. And we are his expression of his heart to the people we're with. Jesus' ministry shows us what God the Father is really like. And because actually, if you can put this, if you say this respectfully, it's good fun. Do you want a bit of fun as a Christian? And so, moving to the next slide, drawing these thoughts to a close. Do you remember these bracelets that were, they were this kind of craze for a while? And lots of teenage Christians, and maybe some still have them, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Uh, and you would wear them on your wrist. And if you had a big decision, you, uh, you would say, what would Jesus do? Well, in terms of evangelism, I'd like to say, what do you think, when you're in a situation and you're wondering, what, should I say something, should I not, what? What would Jesus do? Well, I'd like to make one little suggestion. That that's a brilliant question. And here, in the next slide, is the one note of caution. Don't guess, because you'll guess something that may be comfortable and convenient. Read the Gospels and find out what he's asking. So what is evangelism? Just the good news, sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. Why do we do it? For those reasons. And because we've been led by the Holy Spirit, there's, there's, there's no stress to go and persuade people and convert people and so on. A friend of mine is called Robin Gamble, and he has, he, is, he has got the gift of evangelism. He's an evangelist. And he said, David, he said, you know, he's, he's a vicar up in, in Yorkshire. He said that when I go visiting and meet to meet people, this is my rule, he said. I want to work where the Holy Spirit is already working. Okay. So when I go to visit, I have a lovely chat, and he, he's, he's a very winsome guy, and he's got lots of stories and stuff, and they have a great time. And then at the end of the 40 minutes or where he's been at somebody's house, he says, now, he said, I've talked about the good news that Jesus would love to make a difference in your life. Is that something you're interested in following a bit more, or would you like time to think about it? And he listens very carefully. And somebody says, I'd like to think about that. He said, Lovely. I'm so pleased. May I make an appointment to just come and see you in a year to see how your thinking's going? And if somebody said, I'd like to know more, he said, may I make an appointment to come and see you in a week? It's where the Spirit is working. And that's why it's so important to start with prayer in the Spirit. As the Lord leads us, so we will see the joy of people responding. There's a season in people's lives which we don't understand and God does. Our job is simply to keep in step with the Spirit and let him lead us. And funnily enough, that means we can relax about those who are not responding just now. We don't need to get more anxious and keep finding new ways of trying to bring up the topic. We need to be walking as Jesus did. It's, it's remarkable how free of anxiety Jesus was about the number of people who followed him. So we don't need to be anxious either. So there, I offer you that as a way of just 
refreshing what evangelism is, just sharing this good news, why we do it, and how we might make a beginning. Uh, I hope that that will be of help as you meet in your discussion groups or you read the J. John book. And through this little kind of few weeks, that this will, as it were, remint just the privilege and the pleasure and the fun of finding winsome ways of talking about Jesus and the kingdom and the difference he makes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you very much for loving us and coming to find us and calling us to be your friends and followers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those people you used also to minister your love to us as we started out. And now we pray, will you use us as your instruments, your expressions of love and joy amongst the people we know? And this we pray, so they may be blessed and you may be given joy. And this we pray in your name. Amen.